Here's Blake to Roy. This is for the Hello and welcome back to the Backyard Banter Podcast. We've taken a bit of a holiday hiatus, but I am so, so excited to say we're finally back recording in our new virtual studio. It's it's really just a Google Hangout, but we're all here and back and first excited to uh, share a little bit about their holiday break there. It's the one, the only, Tyler Baggins. T-Bag, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Happy to be back. Glad we're able to Google Hangout once again. Um, but been hanging out with the family recently. My sister got back in town from Colorado. So excited to see her. She's here for a month. So we'll be going to Prineville here soon and having a good time. Any any um, wisdom she's brought back with her from grad school to share with the fam? The BYB a lot of experience, fam? A lot of experience that is almost better than wisdom, Connor. Oh, that's what you're really trying to get out of college, honestly. Yeah, totally. I mean, a new area, you know, somewhere she's never lived, not in Oregon before, so it's a cool experience for her. Hell yeah, that's awesome. We're excited to have Tana back on the show at some point, yep. especially because we'll get to it at the end of the episode, but The Bachelorette is heating up. <laughs> yeah, so baby. Going to need a little bit of her help there. Patiently waiting his turn to chime in after what has been about a full month. It's the guru of Gonzaga basketball, oh. Kyle George. <laughs> Kyle, New? you got to be riding high, not only from the Thanksgiving meal that I'm sure you enjoyed, but also from what you've seen out of the mighty Zag so far in college basketball 2020. Love, I absolutely love the new title. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, but yeah, you know, similar to Tyler, been hanging out with the fam, obviously loving what I'm seeing from Gonzaga basketball thus far. I know we're going to touch on that later. But, you know, Khan most recently just finished the, the Queen's Gambit on Netflix, oh, and I'm a big yes. chess guy now. I'm officially declaring myself a chess guy. Um, oh. I have the chess.com app, and I have been playing <laughs> random people and just getting destroyed. I suck really badly, but the, that show has motivated me to, to learn the ins and outs of the game they call chess. So, <laughs> Kyle, quickly back at you then here. Do you think that show individually, because I, I watched it, and then had the exact same reaction where I was like, okay, I'm a chess guy now. That was so badass. I'm, I'm obviously a chess guy. I'm obviously a huge pills guy now, too. little inside joke for all those who have watched the show. I'll, uh, I'll stay yeah. strong over here as a chess guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You stick the checker, Tyler. I'll, I'll hold it down for us, guys. Don't worry. I'll stick with checkers. If you ever want to play some checkers, hit me up. Simpler game, so we get it, Ty. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. You and the last man that makes yet sense. To, <laughs> you and the last Compliment. member who's yet to be introduced can go off and play checkers one on one. That's of course Pods Tom. Pods Tom, I've actually probably seen too much of you over the holiday <laughs> break, more than I'd like to. That's for sure. But uh, can you highlight at least one or two good moments from the little layoff we've had? It has been a little relaxing being in my own house the last day or two away from you. But <laughs> That's hard to say. I'd say my life goal is finding a video game that I can beat Connor at. And I sadly have to admit, I kind of slacked yeah. Hawk and he took a W. So let's go, baby. Another <laughs> thing added to my uh, fucking belt. Tony Hawk pro skater champion. Kyle, you hear that. Went. It was what? I tell him how NHL went. Yeah, okay, and then we dabbled in <laughs> NHL 16. I'm more of an NHL 21 player. See, I need the new pro stick and all of that. So oh. I don't want to hear you talking shit about NHL 16. That's so far in the past. Uh, and, and before we expand too, bit, too far on that, let me move us right along here to our first topic <laughs> of the day. We almost got sucked in, boys. <laughs> we almost got sucked in there. <laughs> the first topic of the day, I'll remind you, when we last uh, recorded and left off, our good friend and friend of the program, Abanti, uh, Nathan Pellets, uh, cousin of Sean Pellets, who we're also good friends with, love the Pellets fam, uh, suggested a segment a running series of a segment where we do our sensory overload we started with the best noises in the world touched on a lot of sports noises but some of the others as well and to today we're going with best visuals and this is a big one some would argue this might be the biggest of the sensory overload categories we're going to do I'd um, argue that I know Kyle's probably a big taste guy over there so I don't want to offend 
by any whoa, means. Whoa. <laughs> but, well, let's, let's hope Connor's better at the visuals than he is the the sounds because my God, Connor, you could not have sucked more at picking good sound. <laughs> I got you picked the most annoying sounds in the world. That's because I thought outside of the box while well, you all were contained to the status quo, and I think you were a bit jealous. To be honest, I think it, that comment stems from jealousy on your end, Kyle. Um, as we dive into sensory overload here. I want to start with a little roundtable, so I know we might have a couple listed each, but for now, just pick your best one. A little bit of a snake draft here. We'll do just do two rounds and then some honorable mentions. Tom, going to start with you. You get number one pick on the best visuals in life. That's a, that's a big category there. That's a big category. What are you taking off wow. the board? Easy. Easy? What? You're claiming easy. Okay, I'm excited. It's the beach sunset. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, it's got to be said. It's got to be said. A true, classic. A true romantic at heart uh, is Tom Gilkey. I can't disagree. I mean, it's impossible to go see a West Coast, East Coast, whatever coast sunset. Um, it, I guess it has to be West Coast. Awkward pause. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> West Coast sunset and, and feel anything but positive and happy. So that's that is a clear number one now that you say it, but I'm sure. Is it? I'm sure, Tyler, I mean, you're going to have something to say about I this. I have something to it's say gotta about be in the, It's got to be in the first round category. Like, it, it's a top it's tier a classic, talent. Ty. It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't even deserve, like, you don't have to argue it. You just know. Right. Yeah. Which makes it as good as it is. So, let's hear, Ty. You think you have something better? Well, I, I do think I have something better, and I'm not contending that it's a first round pick because it definitely is. But for me personally, I prefer a sunrise. I think the sunrise, watching the sunrise, is way more beautiful and radiant than it is sunset. Maybe not way more, but it's different. And it's something that you don't see as often. You see the sunset every night. You know, you're usually awake for that. But when you get to see the sunrise, and I say specifically on either a nice mountain day where you're about to go shred a nice bluebird, or out like, or out like for me, one of the (laughs) ones was like, just anywhere beautiful. A sunrise is beautiful. Okay, so I take everything to follow. Oh, it's a working man sunset. It's a working man <laughs> sunset. <laughs> That's a yeah, but it's point. a sunrise. Okay, and the thing I got to agree with Tyler about the sunrise is when you see it, I get a little air of superiority about me because a lot of the times you're beating most of the world up. Um, and, and sometimes that just little slight air of superiority, you all know, I, I definitely. Enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> the least shocking Connor, thing I've ever heard come out of Connor's mouth. Just <laughs> the littlest things in life that he feels like gives him a competitive advantage. Yeah, I beat you. Exactly. I beat you awake that day. You you decided to rest and I woke up. So, you know. It's a good, yep. it's a good trait better? to have. <laughs> um, Kyle, I'm going to you. What's your best visual? I'm going to be like a little bit more specific with my visual because I feel like we've got two pretty, you know, pretty much the same answer. Well, sunrise and sunset is as my, little, little originality as you can throw out there for the first two. My, yeah. my pick was sunrise on a bluebird. Okay, on like a sunrise bluebird on a bluebird day. day. That is yes. more specific, okay. and I do like that more specific answer because that's like a special that feeling with the board sitting on your feet. That is what I had wrote down. Hand to go. Specific? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I don't know. I feel. I mean. I don't know if Tyler's ever actually been on top of the mountain before the lifts are open. I don't know if you've ever climbed the mountain yourself to see the sunrise. I don't. I don't know if I believe you. Um, But I agree. It would be a great visual. So for my visual, I'm gonna say. I don't know if you guys. I know Connor's been there. I don't know if Tom and Tyler have been there, but the Gorge Amphitheater. Oh, nice. Where we go for Watershed and seeing that Shedders. music venue with the gorge in the background. And you could argue you could throw in a sunset in there, Tom. We could throw the sunset with, with that as well. And Might as well. my God, it is breathtaking the first time you see it. Um, hard to describe to anyone who hasn't been there. I just recommend going there and experiencing it for yourself. But that's my that's my number one pick. Kyle, I, I don't mean to call you up, but Tyler went with us one year. So he's Oh, that's that. right. You did come with <laughs> us. Yep. Yep. I just, yeah. No, that's you were so boring. I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, Tyler's a guy that was asleep before the main act each night. Like, yeah. I, I gotta rest up. Um, <laughs> no, I. That's a really, really good one too, Kyle. Because I think most of our audience, being at least from somewhere in the Northwest um, United States, has probably attended a, a concert or even a um, weekend at the Gorge Amphitheater. And it's, it's something like you mentioned, you'll never forget after you catch it at that right hour. And then if you're lucky enough to have a music performance 
uh, one of your favorite artists playing at the same time. I mean, that's that's special time for anyone. Might bring might get a little misty in that scenario. Oh yeah, for some of us more emotionally inclined. Um, <laughs> not me though. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I think that brings it to me. Okay, so mine number one best visual when you're all eating out as a family and you finally see those main entrees creeping towards the table and you do the quick math in your head and you're like, one, two, three, four, yep, and mom and dad are splitting this out. Yes, that's our table, baby. And then the best part is how it's actually kind of a two-for-one because I don't know anyone who doesn't do this. You kind of, you're watching the kitchen. It's when you're starting to get really hungry. This has to be a scenario where you're not just chatting up a storm. Like, you're ready for this food. Maybe even they took a little too long. So you're like, where the hell's the food? Connor. We know you were chatting up a storm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, you know that. But even I'm like going kind of quiet at this point. Like I'm taking breaths in between my sentences. So, you know, I'm starving. And, and so at this point, everyone does that thing where you glance, you kind of see the waiter from across the restaurant. You, you recognize the food. You're like, yeah, that's our food. Everyone does this. Everyone looks does a quick math and then everyone looks away like you never saw it everyone's like okay no i didn't like and then it, they wait we all wait until they're about four steps closer and then you look again and you get the second surprise like, it's here and it's like we all knew it we all knew that 20 steps ago but we wanted the second dopamine hit of like yes here we go it's finally time to eat um and so that's why i'm picking food approaching your table when you're eating out as the number one best visual on my list for our listeners when connor said it's here he like shook his hands like pom-poms. he was like it's here it was- dude, we all do it we all do no it. no not everyone's like yeah dude i've been out with the bag and sauce family and the exact thing was jazz hands it was a jazz hands family <laughs> it's here Sha-la-la-la-la. Uh, <laughs> so i think I, being the host, I don't want to take the second snake pick here. So I'm going to throw this one back to Kyle to sneak in a second pick. Ooh. All right. All right. This one, um, I don't know if it'll be as relatable for you guys, but it's, it's one for those of us who are in the accounting industry and have to take a said CPA exam, um, to get our life out of this group. Yes. But Hey, you guys have been to college. So you probably had something similar, but how it worked when you get your results back is you had to go on this website and just like keep hitting refresh. Uh, on this, oh, and, and because, but it would always lag for like an hour. So like whatever time you're supposed to get your score, you, you just keep hitting refresh and it would freeze because so many people are checking. And there would finally be that one random refresh after after like the 45th minute and your score pops up and it's a passing score and you've just wasted like a month and a half of your life studying for a stupid exam that no one wanted to take, but you had to take. And it's a passing score and it is just the most refreshing weight off your shoulders feeling. So that visual will always stick with me personally. Um, and those of us accountants that are listening will understand. That's that's another really clever pick there, because I think we've all at least had a moment in school, probably not to the level of a CPA exam. Actually, I'm quite confident none of us have outside of you have had a test at that level yet. But even if it's like in elementary school or middle school, there's always that one test. You're like, man, there's no freaking way I passed but if I don't I'm in deep shit and so that's kind of that same thing like teacher coming back and flips it over upside down and you just peel it back this is the virtual version you passed it's like hell yes never been happier (laughs) it's like it reminds me of Tommy boy I got a D plus (laughs) Um, that's a good one it's Herbie (laughs) Hancock Richard uh Tyler I'm gonna throw it back to you and I'm this time I want you to go before Tom so you can't just do a diet version of his pick uh where are you leaning on your second one that was my 1a pick i thought it was a great pick a sunrise on a mountain i'll stand by it every day um with my next pick it's gonna be more geared towards my farming up upbringing but a beautiful grape vineyard where it's like in the fall and the leaves are changing and everything's like manicured up and tight Mm. tight it is gorgeous and like usually the rows are uh mowed nicely and they have like a little bit of wood chips along the rows and they're all numbered or some something uh, and it's just beautiful so i think Good it's pick. a solid choice you know usually there's a tasting room nearby so yeah, that's yep. always nice <laughs> um but it's definitely something i appreciate it's it's that idea it gets me every time too tyler manicured nature is one of the my favorite things in the world just like it's still not not exactly changed or anything it's just kind of cleaned up a tiny bit but all overall very much in its natural state oh yeah. man so crisp so i well, can the imagine. thing about it is 
it's all done by man or woman, you know. So it all has to be done by hand, not by a machine to make right. it look tight. So that what's make that even adds to it, that. right? Adds to the yeah. aura of it. Maybe seeps yeah. in some natural energies from their hard work, you know. And you're yeah, just man. reaping the those souls benefits. are out there, bro. The souls are we, out there. We get into those energies <laughs> around here, Tom. What kind of energy are you getting in here with your uh, last visual pick? It does have to go with energy. Um, Hell yeah! Do you remember like early two thousands? Apple, not Apple Music, I guess it would be iTunes at the time. They had like the equalizer when you listen to music. Yes, I know yep. exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> this is reacting to my music. I swear to God, no drugs involved. would just sit there and watch that. It was like <laughs> state-of-the-art technology at that time. <laughs> so, you know what I'm, it's just the waves. and. No, totally. I get you. I do get you, but I'm also a little bit curious if this was a habit you had after falling one too many times on your skateboard of the three behind you, like hit your head pretty hard on the half pipe and then went inside and was like, oh, I just need some equalizer to balance out here. And it's like, no, you're 14 and concussed, my friend. Don't fall asleep or we're going to be taking you to the hospital. Um, No, that is that's oddly satisfying, especially when you're younger, like small things like that and and just the sinking of technology. And then obviously they're always going to throw some sort of visual that it's like the DVDs hitting the corner when you remember the old school. Oh, my God. Yes. Bouncing. Go ahead, Ty. Everyone's had that like feeling when watching that equalizer. Oh yeah, like you're not the only one. No, and the way it bounce, it's like those speakers that they use the water sometimes to like bounce with the music. Yeah, yeah, it still gets cool. me every time. It's oh, really, yeah. it's really not crazy, but it gets me every time. All right, uh, I want to move us along here. Oh wait, I got to throw one more out there. When your family dog's just sleeping in the most cozy spot, I mean, come on. <laughs> no, it's a great visual. That's a great visual. A great visual. Yeah. <laughs> you just you want to go pet him, but you don't want to wake him up, so you sacrifice. You sacrifice, but it is such a good visual, especially maybe around a fire. Tom uh, just whipped out a ten pound burrito and just started eating. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know he's a chipotle guy. That's a throwback. Um, let's go into Blazers basketball. Portland Woo! has made a yeah, ton baby. of moves in this off season. Getting a lot of hype, I think, from ESPN analysts. I will admit that's probably because at this point we're one of the only teams making uh, a ton of moves. But I want to know, obviously, your rapid reactions. Just to summarize a little bit of where we're at. Blazers say goodbye to Kyle's favorite player, Hassan Whiteside. Kyle, I know you've been oh beat God. up about that the last month. Apparently he's gone. We can talk shit on him. Like, and I don't <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you were careful. doing a good job hiding that before. Uh, and then welcoming to Portland or we are welcoming to Portland uh Robert Covington, Derek Jones Jr. and Harry Giles as well as the returns of Rodney Hood from injury. Zach Collins, I'm I'm throwing him in there because he was off and on injured most of the season. As well as when he came back, he didn't really look right. So I'm I'm just saying welcome back Zach this year to old Zach. And then of course our Hall of Famer uh Right now, it's Stay Mellow, and it's the return of of Stay Mellow with the seven, I think. We'll talk about that a little bit, but... It's not just welcome, it's welcome to Braids Mellow, too. And welcome to Braids. He's got full throwback on us. So, Tom, let's start there with your opinion. You're you're a huge Mellow guy. We go back and forth about whether he was robbed of Rookie of the Year by the GOAT LeBron (laughs) James, Um, but we'll save that for another time. I want to know how you feel about uh, him using Brandon Roy's number or kind of stating that he wants to go back to that. And then the return to the braids. I mean, it was electric. I mean, there are two people you think of when you think of braids in basketball. It's Allen Iverson and Carmelo Anthony. So yep. well said. I just got chills. That's actually, well, wow. Yep. <laughs> I just got chills. That's so perfectly said. And I'm just, I'm so excited for it. The seven I'm excited for too. I mean, I mean, it's either 15 or 7 for Carmelo. And the fact that probably my favorite Blazer of all time is saying that he wants him to wear that number, it just it feels right. And Kyle and Tyler, Tom's talking about their B-Roy coming out and saying it would be an honor for um, Melo to wear 7. I'm assuming that got both of your seals of approval there uh, with B-Roy sure. saying that. Uh, for sure. It, it's It's kind of like... It's one of those things. I read some some guy's tweet that summarizes essentially exactly how I feel about it, which is historically, like when people, I, I want to say like Mo Williams came in one year requesting to wear number seven, and it was like 
I don't really know. Like we we're all very attached to B Roy. Like he's obviously the bench mob. Right. Like Mo Williams played. Don't get me wrong. He and he was very effective for us. But it's like we were all kind of on that train of like we don't really want anyone wearing number seven. But the more I think about it, and the more like as time passes, the more I realize like the number isn't retired. So if you're not going to let people wear it then retire it. You know what I mean? Don't have like this BS middle ground where it's like, the fans well, are, are you allowed to? Or Exactly. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Especially for a guy like Melo, like of his legendary status, it just feels like the right time to introduce somebody to allowing them to wear the number again. Um, and then hopefully eventually they just retire the damn thing. Cause I think we can all agree that B-Roy's number needs to be up in those fucking rafters right now. Right now, right now. Let's get no more number sevens. Roy and the Rafters bitches. I I couldn't agree more, Ty, uh, or Kyle, with what you're saying there, that I wouldn't want to see anyone else wear number seven, but when a guy like Carmelo asks, you can't say no unless you're going to retire it. So everyone was backed into a corner, even if the Blazers didn't want to. That being said, I don't think the franchise gives as much of a shit as the fans do about that number, or like about seven specifically, or else they would have retired it, it feels like, at least. And I just want to add to that at the end of it real quick. Uh, Melo was asked about it today, and it sounds like he's not going to go back to seven. Oh, shit. I didn't see that. Yeah, 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 it was out today. This okay, well then, I take and back what I said. Maybe the franchise he was stating like note. he was stating like too much money would be lost. I I believe is or, or something of that nature. Like with people already buying the double zero jerseys, I think so. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I'm cool with it. I'm cool either way. With it. Whatever. I'm just happy to have him. <laughs> and then, uh, Ty, I want to go straight back to you here with the additions of. I mean, a couple dynamic wings, Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr. After a season where I think all of Portland was pleading, just find us some athletic wings and maybe some defense somewhere. How do you see some of them fitting in? I think let's throw it back to our interview with Matt Mayberg or just our chat with him. He was playing GM for us, and he was saying the mold of today's NBA, and he does a lot of NBA work, uh, or basketball work, sorry, is like get long and athletic. And I feel like we did that. Yeah. We got Derek Jones I think that's Jr. Exactly right. Like, I mean, all, even down to like Nasir Little and Jalen Horde. I mean, they're great backups to have. You know, young guys who can hopefully hopefully develop into good players. And I'm ex- we can throw a bunch of people out there, different rosters. I'm I feel really confident in the moves that Neil's made. Like, I was all he's always been a solid GM, but like, I, I'd, I'd say this was an A plus off season for the Blazers. I don't know, Kyle. What do you think? No, I, I totally agree with you. I think that we accomplished what we needed to accomplish going into this offseason, which was acquiring versatile defenders that are lengthy without having to really give up any of our out offensive out or our offensive numbers, which we easily accomplished. And let's not sleep on the return of Ennis Cantor. I love Ennis Cantor. Oh, he played his best basketball in Portland, at least in my opinion. I think he played his best basketball, and I think he embraces our culture really well. So that's another great addition. But to stick on to the topic of our defenders, I think, you know, Robert Covington and Derek Dose Jr. are, are exactly what we needed. Um, they're two, like, well, Robert's a two-way guy. He can be that three and D player. I don't really think we need Derek Stone, Derek Dose Jr. to be a scorer for us necessarily. Like, he can be that slasher and be that guy that can get to the rim and, you know, get a couple of oops here and there. But, you know, he's going to be on the floor to guard the best player on the other team. And that's exactly what we've been missing. And so I, I'm very excited. I think Neil did a fantastic job. Overall, you know, it's got to be at least an A for the Blazers offseason. Yeah. And and what I'll say is I like a lot of these guys. Yeah, I definitely missed Anus Cantor coming back. I'm, I'm very excited about that as well. I think he's the perfect backup center um, to, to Nurk, obviously, there. But I, I love especially Jones Jr. and Covington because I think when you have a dynamic player and ball handler like Damian Lillard, where he functions almost best in like similar to a Harden where he's holding the ball a lot of the time, that's just kind of a fact of Dame's career. Um, he's, he's a great shooter. And so he can obviously play off ball, but he's more dynamic with the ball in his hands. I think these are guys, Jones jr. Phenomenal cutter as well as a, a, an okay shooter. He's still working on it, but getting better and taking the shots and then, um, go ahead. Ty. Can I add one more thing just yeah. on the team in general? Um, I think getting mellow back and what his leadership means to this blazer team, not even for, not just for the young guys, but for a guy like Damian Lillard, our all-star and best player. I think just his mental ability, like and skills that he has, I think will up Dame's game even. Yeah, and I think it'll up our young guys too. I think we're gonna get so much value from Melo, and I'm just so happy he decided to stay and like finish out his legacy here. It's such an awesome thing to have Carmelo Anthony on the Portland Trailblazers. Like, who would have? I don't even care how old he is. Like, who who would have thought that? It is, it is legendary. Um, I think there's and- a lot of benefits to it, man. 
Con, I want to have one more thing before we push along. But another thing that I think is, you know, kind of flying under the radar right now with the acquisitions that we made is like, we haven't really given up any of our young assets. When you look at like Anthony, Zach, um, uh, Gary Trent, all these guys. And it's like, you added a guy in Derek Jones Jr. who, yes, um, may have some unpredictable parts of his game, but he's only like, what, 22 or something like that? Yeah. It's like, we now, like, if you really look at our team at like, outside of our core players like Dame, CJ, Nurk, it's like we have some really, really young, talented players. So, you know, when that time does come, when, you know, Dame and CJ are unfortunately not the same kind of players, you know, I'm, I'm going to pretend like that reality is never going to come. They're always going to be amazing. But let's be real, Will, one day, it's like we're going to be in a good position um, in terms of our young core, and they're going to be learning from some of the best in the game, which I think is really, really yeah. crucial for Portland as a franchise just because we can't, as we know, we can't sign the biggest name, so we have to right. develop internally. And then, I mean, if you talk about culture, too, like, where do you see a bad apple on this roster? Someone who hasn't been, like, thought about it as, as a good person or a good player or a good team player. And then we just, like, I'm just so excited. Like, everything about it just seems good. Well, and, and Ty, I think that pushes a point that I want to throw to the group here before, as our last little Blazers topic before we do move on, is the fact that it shows... Portland's maybe general thoughts that we were all hiding just because of our fan bias that when these moves were made I mean we analyze them every year but it feels like there's a new energy in Portland's basketball scene and and especially it feels like um, Rip City in general is is excited about the players we have it's kind of taking what was our weakness and now we have this roulette of wings and guards that can fill in each other we can do different lineups with it we have bigs that can run the floor and stretch it a bit and and everyone's young and everyone like, like Nerd, i mentioned everyone's Gary substantially Trent, Dane, young i mean it's i feel awesome. like we're somewhat emulating a, a light version of the miami heat it's a little bit different in terms of the build uh where our skill positions are at obviously uh-huh, dame uh-huh. and jimmy butler are much different players we don't have a bam but nurks you know doing similar yeah. things i think we are though what what i mean by that is basically saying hey we're gonna have 10 solid players and so that we never lull during a game. We might not always have the better lineup on the court, but we're never going to lull during a game. And hopefully that can outlast, you know, some of the more star-reliant teams as we saw yep. it with, do with Miami this year. And what we have to do and promise to each other is not to overreact to some of the mistakes that we might make. I cannot promise you that. And really just kind of, I know. I cannot <laughs> yeah, promise no, you that. No, I will be overreacting be immediately. <laughs> I know. I just already see it. By the uh, season mind. starts December twenty second, I will have a hot take by December thirtieth. I promise <laughs> you that. On the on the Blazers Instagram, by the way, they posted that day one training camp clip of which I watched like ten times, even though it was oh, yeah. that long clip. Dude, did anyone else notice? Uh, Anthony's got some size to him. The kid's getting a little big. I was I like, damn, that kid. Like, he is only for like twenty one. Like, it's that's a body doesn't fill out until that time. So, right. who knows? Who knows? I like where the Blazers are at. Uh, Kyle, yeah, we touched on it earlier, but I know you are loving where the Gonzaga men's basketball team is at right now. Currently undefeated, oh, already with a big win against Kansas, as well as who was the second ranked team they beat? Um, Auburn, and then um, it was a close game. They almost West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia, that's the West Virginia number eleven. Yeah, sorry about that. So, Kyle, basically, I'm not super up to date on college basketball for a reason we're about to get to, but it's it's seeming like it's Gonzaga's to lose actually this year. I know we've given you plenty of shit in the prior years, but Gonzaga is the best team in the nation by far this year it seems like and it's not very close can you tell me from an actual fan standpoint I know you're naturally going to be nervous based on past performance in the tournament and everything but you've got to be feeling as confident as maybe ever about where Gonzaga sits in the college basketball world for sure I I would throw Baylor into the tier with us I think us and Baylor are clearly the two best teams unfortunately we got robbed of that matchup uh, that was supposed to happen last weekend such a bummer. Apparently, they're going to reschedule the game, so we should at least get to see it at some point. Um, which, if you are or if you're a fan of college basketball, tune into that game because I do think those are the clear-cut two best teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm super excited about our team this year. It's it's the most. It's probably the deepest team, while also the most talented team we've ever had, which is like obviously the two 
you know, best that's a good factor. Combo. That's a good, good combo, combo right there. <laughs> um, and it, it all starts, you know, with getting a guy like Jalen Suggs. You know, the first time we've ever gotten, you know, like a legit top 10 in the country recruit. He was the number one point guard in his class. And it shows. And when you put that type of talent into a system like Mark Fuse, where um, where he really develops or he his system essentially like puts his players in their best positions. And that sounds kind of weird, but a lot of college basketball systems are like they have a way of playing and the players have to adapt to that way of playing. It's not really North the Carolina's same. As, famous yeah, exactly. Like that's a great example right there. Coach K is pretty good at what Mark Few does to him utilizing his best players, but it's something I think Mark Few is tremendously underrated for. I think he gets a bad rap because his record is inflated according to some people just because he plays in the WCC. But when you look at his winning percentage against, you know, good teams, it, it's pretty high. And so I'm really excited for the team this year. It is definitely the year where it's like I'm expecting us to win the national championship right. and anything short, I will be disappointed for sure. And it, it I mean, go ahead, Ty. No, I was just saying top to bottom, your guard talent and power forwards, like you're, you're loaded. Uh, that meme heart kid, he's yep. better than, I mean, not better than Suggs, but like just as good. I mean, you're not like yeah. falling off from Suggs to him, you know? So you guys are stacked at the guard. You got veterans at the, at the three and the four, right? Yep, Corey Kispert, who is probably going to be an NBA player, which I wouldn't have said that two years ago. But, I mean, this um, year it's like, damn, he's 6'8", can shoot and can defend and do everything. Yeah. So, it's like, shit, he's probably going to get drafted. For. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. exactly what the mold is. Um, but the yeah. other guy who's really good? The- um, Drew Timmy? Post position. Timmy, yeah, Timmy. yeah, Timmy. Yeah, he's in – yeah. I don't know how effective he'll be in the NBA, but, yeah, he's, he's damn good. He's a solid college player. Like, yeah. I bet you he'll get a shot at the NBA. He's like Luca sure. Garza where he's going to wreck gonna... college, um, but then it's like you kind of can tell. It's like – it's like a, well, Linux actually been pretty good in the NBA, but it's it's but, one of those players where you can just tell like, oh, yeah, they're going to wreck all four years, but then like they're probably too slow and too, too not good enough right. at shooting to play in the uh, NBA. I think some – I think some other teams up there, though, like Illinois is pretty good this year. They look good. Yeah. Really good. And then that Luca, is that Iowa, Connor? Yeah, Luka that's Garza? Iowa with Luca. They Garza. look nice, too. And he had Gonzaga plays Iowa. They yeah. play next weekend. No um, way. That's the first game. Gonzaga is like taking a break right now because they had a COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's the first game back is they play Iowa, who's number five right now, I believe. Oh, that'll be a great game. Well, and speaking of COVID and college basketball, uh, we got to address Coach K's most recent comments. You know, being. He, he, the thing about Coach K is above winning, above the titles, above the money, he puts the Stop kids it. first. And, and that's Stop what it. I'm not God. seeing out of the rest of college basketball. <laughs> and so when Coach K came out today, I couldn't be more proud of my coach, Duke's head coach, uh, Coach Mike Shashevsky, for coming out today and saying, is it really worth it to be playing during these most uncertain of times? And, and I couldn't agree more, Coach. I think we're putting kids at risk. We're not paying these kids to play. They're not putting a, a professional product out there on the court. And so I, I think it's a real shame the NCAA hasn't, you know, considered at least postponing for a while, maybe until Duke's next freshman class can enroll um, before you know, looking at to restart college basketball. And and no, I'm not saying that because Duke's already lost two games and um no, they haven't had to had to travel yet. And so maybe some of his comments didn't really add up. But nonetheless, it's time someone looks out for the kids. And I believe we found that man in coach Mike Shashevsky. Tyler. Tyler. Punch me in the face. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I don't even know. Okay, he caught the the thing is is like you're kind of right. I mean, it, it could be true. Like, are, should we be playing sports right, right now? Well, Someone's got to ask the question. I, it sounds like probably not, but but also it's a safe environment, right? Like, the kid, like, isn't it one uh, of the safer environments you can be in? They're getting tested regularly. Like, I I would say <laughs> I that, but obviously something's up with the environment if Duke's lost two games at home. Uh, something's oh obviously going on with the environment. Like, there's something's off here. Um, conspiracy dude just can't win without their fans yeah well yeah no shit we're seeing that <laughs> no fans <laughs> and no talented players are two bad things shout out Jalen Johnson he's he's actually good outside of that not looking great uh Tom we've we've kept you silent too long and so I want to talk NFL here and specifically the the situation that happened with your favorite team uh two weeks ago the Denver Broncos forced to play an NFL football game with no official quarterback on the roster do you want to break down obviously 
a result of COVID, <laughs> and it, it felt like maybe the NFL trying to send a message about COVID protocols to the Denver Broncos and specifically their quarterback room. Do you want to expand a little bit on your feelings about that whole situation? And then could you also just put us in the mindset, your feelings going into the game, during the game, and after the game? Just be <laughs> You are a diehard Bronco fan, living and dying with every snap and news break that's released around the Denver roster. So just let me know kind of how you were feeling as this all transpired and if you ever felt like you had a prayer before the game and then facing the harsh reality after the game. Absolutely had a prayer before the game. I mean... <laughs> I know this because out- you're telling me about the grand plan here. The outcome of the game wasn't close, but like literally a practice squad wide receiver that got picked up a month before the game he had every single play written on his wrist. Uh, there's just too many things to take in. Like, you could talk about this for a whole podcast. It shows how hard it is to be an NFL quarterback, even a bad one. But, I mean, the timeline was I found out. I was a little bummed. They said Royce Freeman was going to be the quarterback. Yes. I wanted to see. Me he too. He just doesn't. He moves like a quarterback, whereas the guy, what was his it was Kendall Pinton or something. Yes. He looked like he could move like a quarterback. I don't think Royce could. I can't see Royce looking yeah, like yeah, yeah. But I mean, well, what's that? Well, my thing's like, how can, how come we can't like delay that game? But Des Bryant gets COVID yesterday, last night, like right before the Cowboys game. And then they I mean, can play that one. They definitely needed to make an example out of a team. And the Broncos were pretty much out of playoff contention at that point so i mean and the saints kind of needed a win though i mean the nfl likes it if the saints are in the playoffs too so i think it worked out perfect there's just too many insane things that happened that they were trying to make an example of my favorite was their offensive quality control coach play at university of central florida some old guy they asked if he could play quarterback and the nfl said no like that's how much they didn't want a yeah, quarterback playing. They're sending him. I was going to say, why wouldn't they just like free agent sign somebody? Because of COVID protocols. COVID protocols and yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, sense. my thing is, when what is the time frame? Because Des Bryant had it the night of the game. That well, we and then you look the same week the Broncos had to start uh, a running back at quarterback. They actually were delaying the Ravens game that same week and delayed it two more times to play on, like, the following Wednesday. So it was There's it, a frustrating thing. Drew Locke also never tested positive for COVID. He was, was yeah, yeah. like Blake Bortles or someone like that. Oh, and and then, I don't get test every single day for five days in a row. And if you have five tests that are all negative, why? I get they're around each other, but if you believe in those tests so much, then they clearly – like, yeah, I don't know. He's I, fine. I think they were sending a message about them not wearing masks in their quarterback <laughs> yeah, room and that kind of bullshit. And so I, I, I think that's probably the NFL just doing their typical NFL tricks and, and mm-hmm. manipulating an outcome well, and when they saw the opportunity. The coach was like, I'm I'm, I'm frustrated that the QBs put us in this position. Which is true. All you have to do is wear a mask. Like, that's not that hard, to be fair. Like, no, okay. That, or you could be like the NFL's in this guy's ass for not doing that so he's got it but that's probably, I mean they I mean, are clearly stated rules like all you have to do is wear those in the facility like when yeah. you're doing football activity so I see yeah, it yeah. I no, see both sure, sides of the sure. coin it was just interesting that one game was delayed and then one wasn't and yeah, it yeah. definitely seems to be based on how important they are to the outcome of the NFL season you know and it's it, just a weird situation there but even so I think it's time to move right along here to our last sports topic of the evening, and then, of course, our Bachelorette talk. We would never go without that. Uh, I quickly want to hit on sports records you all think wouldn't be broken. So I, I just want to go through really quick. And, and Kyle, I'm going to start with you. You said you did some deep diving research here. And so I want to give you the first opportunity to reveal a couple sports records you think will never be broken. Okay, I have, I have a couple that are pretty good here. And I'll, I'll rapid fire so I don't take up too much time. The first one is insane uh the most pga tour wins in a row at 11 in a row 
by uh, Byron Nelson. Damn it, who, you stole one. <laughs> did you have that one gone? Yeah, that but, one was ridiculous. And he That's had 18 never wins in the season. When was that? He had 18 so, wins in the season as well. What yeah, year? I don't remember. I didn't. It was like late fifties or early sixties tie, and and a okay, lot of the okay. it's it also has to be noted those events back then too. They did a lot of like match play events, and he would play like someone he's far better than, and just whoop the hell out of them, and it would be one on one, and that would count as a win. So it's a little bit okay. manipulated, but still really? eleven in a row. That's yeah. ridiculous. And the reason why he's probably my all time favorite golfer, even though I never saw him play, is because. He is sixth on the all-time wins list in the PGA, but he just decided to retire at 34 and become a rancher. What a fucking badass. <laughs> like, so you're bad. so good that you're just like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm just going to, you know, people play golf till they're like 65 on the tour. Like, he's yeah. like, no, nah, I'm going to stop at 34. What a G. What a G. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I respect the hell out of that. Another quick one that I got is uh, the most red cards in a soccer match. Oh, 36 red cards. <laughs> 36 red cards. Like, Who? There was a mass I, brawl. I think, I think everyone on the in the entire game got kicked out, and they probably had yeah. players, <laughs> assistants. Couple fans. Like, there's no way that's ever being broken. Like, that's that's that, got to be like the max that, that you can get in the game. <laughs> that referee went full Oprah on us like, you get a red card, you get a red <laughs> yeah, card, yeah, you yeah, get yeah. a red card card <laughs> and then uh so and then the last one that i had or i have two more sorry the one of them is uh the fastest hat trick in a hockey game in 21 seconds someone got a hat trick they scored three goals themselves in an nhl hockey game <laughs> were they Ridiculous. playing by themselves I dude, I don't know. It was way back in the day, like 1950s or something like that. So ridiculous shit. And then my last one is fastest MMA knockout two seconds. Moscow Jimbo Slice? No, this was um, Roy Roy Maruda. I don't know how to say his name. It's it, it wasn't in the UFC. It was ah. in a different promotion. Uh, it was close to the Masvidal. Masvidal is five seconds, Connor. But this one was two seconds. Imagine getting ready for an MMA event and you literally for get months. knocked out in two seconds for months. <laughs> you're training what, and then it just goes out the way. What's insane about that is you have to get to the other side. Right. That's a good point. One step forward and landed one punch, and that was the end of the fight. Good point, Tom. (laughs) Um, I also think the the hockey player who scored the hat trick fastest was like the first guy who figured out the end of the stick should be flat, and so he was out there with like a flat stick, and everyone else was just using like a twig they found off a tree outside the stadium, and it was a little easier for him. Uh, That's my suspicion. Ty, what's your sports record that you don't think will ever be broken? Mine aren't nearly as unique as Kyle's. Those were good, Kyle. Well done. Great research yeah, thank you, there. Thank you. I did a lot of research on that. Those are good. Great job. Well, I, like, I think this one's insane. Brett Favre, 297 consecutive games played. Yeah, that's one. NFL. Yeah. That's one I have, too, because the, there's no way players today or going forward with how much they get paid, no one's going to roll them out there if they're even like like remotely. Yeah. Right. Remotely. The hamstring and or something like that. Favre went out, out there with broken knees. Right. They're like not broken, but right. Well, no, at one point, full body cast, and he had to headbutt the ball to his receivers, but he did it anyway. It, um, the most I'm Scott not- joke I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Those ones where you have to, like, they're so ridiculous that you kind of think are like, wait, is he actually, like, serious? And then you're like, oh, wait, no, he's just being a natural. <laughs> hey, a fun fact about Brett Favre, though, he did complete a pass to himself. His first ever pass in the NFL was a completion to himself. Kind of really? a fun fact, yeah. Batted by sure. a D lineman, and he caught it. And I think it's technically a rush. Eh, maybe Very not. Ball went pack. forward, and then he caught it. I don't know, but it's Count a funny it. play. Ty, do you have um, another one, or should I pass it off? Yeah, to Tom? Boston Celtics, eight consecutive NBA titles. Yeah, that one was another one I pulled too. I, I, I feel you there. Like, there's I mean, no way just, one team's gonna win eight times. There's just no way. I thought the Warriors would, no. to be honest, and yeah, that's honestly. that's the closest we got, and that was max what three, two. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, obviously back in the day, but still, just not going to get beat. Right. Some of these with the old school mix in there, you just aren't going to see them pass, yeah. surpass. Tom, did you happen to find one? Uh, I picked Tiger Woods 683 total weeks at the world ranking at number one. Yo, baby. That, wow. That is ridiculous. So Daddy T does it. 13 years. 13? That's, 13 years. Was it 97 to 2010? I couldn't. Oh no, it's not consecutive. It's consecutive. It was two eighty one. Ah, 
That's but, still so crazy. That is to put that in perspective. I think Brooks or not Brooks, uh, Dustin Johnson's total world rankings are like a hundred something weeks, and Tiger literally doubled that consecutive. It's just insane. That's he's we. I mean, never seen Arena dominance over golf like that. I mean, another record could be the fact that he won all four grants or all four majors in a row. I mean, he won yeah, all yeah, four yeah. in a fucking row. I don't know if we'll That's ever ridiculous. see that again. Yeah. Um, the Tiger Slam, as some would say. The one I picked, uh, the the two, I should say. First, UConn women's basketball, 126 fucking games in a row that they won. Yeah. That includes tournament yeah. play. That includes everything. Now, could we see them beat their own record? They have me believing it because this was in our lifetime, so I do believe like eh, they could probably do it again. But no, I, I don't think so. I think that was one of the most special sports runs we'll ever win. That was insane. That was sure. crazy. That's a good one. Yeah. And then the last one, Joe D, fifty-six game hit streak. Gotta be said. I don't Gotta think it's ever said. gonna get past. I really don't. I don't think uh, anyone's ever gonna hit safely in fifty-six straight games. I think pitchers are too good and throw too hard, and opportunities can become too limited nowadays. Like. I feel like the old school, if you're hitting that well, it'll just walk you four times. And I guess maybe that doesn't count if you never, I don't know how that stat keeping would work, but people just have too many analytics now, too yeah. many talents, That's too much gets skill. That's on base percentage and shit. Right. And if you want if to talk about walked, reaching you know, safely then, per then game. Then the hit game right. streak is probably right. Uh, right. Yeah. So getting into all that, I just don't see it happening in baseball anymore not you, can, you can't even get the 20 anymore right, you know that's what I, mean? What I mean if you get the 20 it's like a huge deal nowadays. i feel like the, the best one i've seen was like dan ugla got to like 31 or something back when i there's been a couple where they've hit the 30s but i that's the reason i don't believe it's ever even going to get close is i've never seen it even get sniffed at this point yeah. um in my life and so i don't think going forward it's getting any easier to put the Especially ball and play with shifts pitchers Pitchers are getting better. Swings are loopy and home run swings. I mean, right. You're playing for the long ball more yeah, often. Right. That, all that kind of stuff mixed in. I think I think that's exactly right. All right. Is there any final uh, sports we want to oh, mention? No, that was fun. Kyle, Here. shout out. Yeah, Real Kyle, you won ones. that one for sure. That's a good segment. I like Thank that. Thank you. We might have to play. I actually got broken, but I know you're a big Browns fan, so shout out to Baker Mayfield. Now holds <laughs> the record for the most wins in the Browns stadium. Let's go, Let's baby. Let's go. A team not playing for the Browns. Do do any of you on that note want to apologize to me? I have the no. best football team in this podcast, and right, it's going to get hard for us. I've to had to put in. Point, I've had to put in so much time and effort and waiting for this moment since since they finally came back in 1999. Talk I've waited for this moment. Fan. I mean, Jesus. And and it's well, finally here behind the the football messiah himself, Baker Mayfield. And, and the full cast and crew there in Cleveland. It, it feels phenomenal. Thank you for giving me but, this moment. But a lot of people don't know is Connor is one of those guys with the bags over his head, that famous Browns picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's, waiting for this. It's one of them. Um, <laughs> let's move right along here to the most important piece of the episode, the Bachelorette update. So as I'm sure you fellas know, because I know you're tuning in each week, Tasha has been on a whirlwind as of late. I mean, we haven't talked for over a month, and I think she was just being introduced uh, when we last connected on the pod. And so let me just run down the latest drama, because, again, I know you guys have kept up yourselves. So I just want to talk about this episode, get us back on track for the finales here as they approach. So tragic start to the episode uh, a couple weeks ago as the funniest contestant, and by far, in my opinion, the most entertaining um, for non dramatic comedy reasons easy uh he was eliminated right after he said i'm falling in love with you she put up the like skirt uh yeah you're gonna need to go home it was hilarious it was as bad as that could have gone she almost eliminated him because he said that i think if he doesn't say (laughs) that he probably stays because he's enjoyable but then she was like oh this is going way too fast when he's like very much a middle of the road like contestant for her in her eyes right now so R.I.P. to easy on that one. Uh, he he did himself dirty there. And but was that early on in them meeting each other? Oh, d- Tyler. I mean, 
they switched contestants. He was there for a different woman. They switched contestants. He's known the new contestant for three weeks. So I'd say, yeah, early on. <laughs> yeah, but, early. You know, probably a bad move. To, you know, <laughs> well, see, it's, it's it's more of a chess piece. You do play at some point within the Bachelor Bachelorette game series, but um, sure. a reality series, excuse me. And I think he just played it far too early. He exposed his king, Queen's Gambit, Kyle, uh, mm. to his opponent there, and absolutely got Queen's Gambited by Tasha. Um, it, how do you spell his name? Is it E Z or E A? It's E A Z E A Z Y. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's, it's a combo. Oh. All right, even better. I think it's a Y. It's that or an E at the end. I think it's a Y. I think it's a Y. Um, but easy. Yeah, he was a badass. He's got a funny Instagram if you ever want to check that out. Then <laughs> we had a feud breakout between Bennett, who was our really rich Harvard douchey guy. Uh, he's kind of been famous on the series so far because he's really playing up like, I'm the Ivy League guy. And like thinks he's smarter than literally everyone. And he's oh, so yeah. condescending naturally. He's like thinks he's explaining things to you. But really what he's doing is saying that you're a stupid asshole. Yeah. And and so it's and he doesn't really recognize it, but I think at the same time it's hard not to, like when it laying it on that thick. So he's in a feud right now with our young puppy dog of the group, Noah, who's just kind of like bright eyed Midwestern guy who's got his own issues. He's like twenty five, so he's a little young. But he's he's kind of just an innocent dude and they're getting into it and Bennett <laughs> gives him a gift and it's a book on emotional intelligence. And and they do that right before a two on one <laughs> date where those two are now squaring off for Tasha's heart, um, and and so that date is just drenched in drama. They leave us on a cliffhanger and then come back with this week's episode picking up on that two on one date. Tasha sends home Bennett in a shocking turn of events, even though he is more her age, more her. They've been vibing a little more, I would say. Like it seems like a little more compatible is the word I'm looking for. Sends him home. And and we're all shocked. But then comes back and doesn't give Noah the rose that he's supposed to get for winning, quote-unquote, the two-on-one date. Says, no, I'm still mad at you. You're going to have to earn this. So we're all, mm. jaws are on the floor at this point, right? Doghouse, but a good doghouse in You're a way. You're still there. It's like, but, mm, I'm still, like, into you, but... But you have to I'm go through the rose ceremony now. <laughs> right. And wonder. Yep, yep. Right. <laughs> and not to mention, she made this man shave off his mustache, Noah. So, I mean, she owes him a little bit here. So I'd be shocked at the end if he doesn't get a rose. But you don't like being in Noah's position there. So we're all shocked. Tasha sends no or Bennett home. Then... She takes Ben, our ex-army ranger, on a date and and gets him to finally open up. This guy, he's been a great guy the whole time, a perfect gentleman, but he's had trouble opening up. You can tell he's very reserved. Finally gets him to open up. He reveals he's been battling bulimia off and on for like two years. So that's that's one thing. It gets really emotional, and then he reveals that he's actually had two failed suicide attempts within the last couple of years. So it got really a deep emotional. It got misty in the room because, like, the producers did a good job of... It was a real, like, honest conversation, and you were just watching, like, two people kind of go through that. So I thought it was an interesting thing. Like, I... The question I wanted to ask is, I don't think I could ever reveal something so deep and personal knowing there's a camera on me or, like on national TV if I've already not committed to my whole life kind of being that. But I, I give props to both of them for the way they handled it. It's actually very impressive, the courage to say it. And then Tasha also just being like, I mean, that's a tough situation when someone's like divulging that, I'm sure, on the other side too. Not that I've had to experience that. But maybe he's trying to advocate for people to speak up. A that's what I'm saying. Like it was, a, it was mm. an impressive moment. Cause he's also seems he to be thriving so as well. It, right. Even and after so, this, he could be like, you know, ex- that's what I'm getting this is at his here. angle, but like a speaker, you know, or talk to people or whatever. Either way, maybe he should be because I thought it was, I thought it was well done. And just, it was, it was cool to see because usually the bachelor bachelorette, obviously the drama is a bit, uh, <laughs> I don't know, a bit elementary. So this was definitely some grown up shit. Um, got a little misty there, but then obviously gets the rose, uh, their their relationship is soaring a new lead favorite just based on their compatibility uh a, a huge breakthrough then the boys are forced to take a polygraph test on a group date that follows and this is like six or seven of them and i i wanted to throw this to you guys if someone you know you're on national tv and they're like hey you have to do this polygraph test and you have no clue what the answer or questions are going to be do you agree or do you say like i'll self-eliminate right now they can That's ask tough, anything man. And and remember this, the polygraph can be wrong, 
But all of us, people like me who are just like mouth breathers watching this show, we all are going to just accept whatever that thing says as like, oh, shit, they lying. Or, oh, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. okay, that's the truth. So Also, I don't know if I have anything like to where I would die if it, you know, like I don't have anything super horrible that they could ask and be like, yeah, I did that, you know. At least die, don't you? Don't you? I don't think so. See, look, so it, I yours, think would, I yours would be buzzing it. with the lying bulb right now. Kyle, what do you think? <laughs> I'm torn. I mean, I would probably, like, if I had already taken the the steps to be on that show and I've, like, committed yeah, yeah, yeah. to the show, I would probably do it. At that point, um, you're saying, fuck it. I don't know. I don't think I would like it. I would stick it out, but I, I definitely would would be nervous, for sure. And, Tom, <laughs> what, what about you here? Would I take the test? Would you take the test? Sorry, I've been... Doing video stuff. Uh, Tell me you're not zoning out on the Bachelorette update. Uh, Shocking. <laughs> I would, that would make the uh, the cycle for all of us doing it. But I think I'd probably take it because I think I'd pass it. I'm just very flat. And I think that <laughs> uh, I think I could pass the polygraph test. I I think I I would take it, but I would do the thing where you put a pin in your shoe, and when they ask you the baseline questions to you know, get your initial readings, I'd spike myself. So my heart rate was spiking on every question. You'd never know what was the truth or what was a lie. What a competitive advantage that would give me. What kind of questions did they ask? It was, it was all like, do you like, have you ever cheated on someone? Do you have a good relationship with your family? Do you want to have kids? Like relationship questions that you don't want to ask like one-on-one, but you kind of have to. She basically was like, well, here's a way to do it really quick. And like, like, we don't have to do this mushy one-on-one shit. Like eight of you just tell me these things. And did anyone get got? Oh, everyone got got on one or two. Like, but no one got exposed except one guy said he had cheated before and then went in. And then, so she was super nervous about it. This was actually pretty clever by this guy. And she pulls him aside later after the date. And it's like, so like cheating something I don't tolerate. It's why my last marriage ended, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, okay, I understand. Just let me explain myself. And he was like, well, I was with this girl and it was like, it was pretty serious. And then there was this other girl that I saw and, um, you know, we French kissed. And, and after that, um, my, my girlfriend stormed out of the sixth grade dance and we, uh, broke up later and so he was telling the truth about the cheating but then it was like a sixth grade thing so he got her to be like oh that was that was so well played and so that was pretty clever that was the biggest highlight i think from it shout out zach for that move, Great uh, move. then in the rose ceremony to wrap up the episode here noah gets a rose like we expected um no shrugs ed aka all shrugs ed the guy with the biggest traps we've ever seen but chronic dislocating shoulders a whole side story there uh, he gets <laughs> sent home so we're not going to expand on that and then after the shoulders are going to do it yeah, he'll find someone uh probably a nurse hopefully and then um post rose ceremony the cliffhanger of the episode Tasha gets back to her room who's waiting in there bennett he needs to talk and she, she God damn it. She doesn't seem she doesn't seem opposed. So to wrap up the episode, I know we've gone over, but it's our return episode. I want you guys to answer this question. Then it, I promise that's it. What would you be your feelings as the bachelor or bachelorette? I guess in this case for us, the bachelor, if you're like expecting like after a rose ceremony, like, fuck, I finally get to go home and take my suit off and just like not be on TV. And then you like open the door and it's like. I already sent this fucking person home and now they're here again. <laughs> like I have to re-break up with this person. Like I'm already sweaty and shit. Like I just did all this shit over here for the producers and all this. Uh-huh. So do you think like, how would you feel one? Wouldn't that just scare you to walk into be like, Oh, who the fuck? And then be like, Oh, okay. It's just this person. It kind of sounds like, yeah, yeah, we talked and uh, he's going to go home and uh, he's going to find someone that's nice for him. And well, that's he's what- not staying. I think he is going to stay, by the way. I'm just saying, if you walk into there and you see someone you've already like sent home, like, Tom, what, do, what are your thoughts there? You're like, I, I did You're this. You're right. Once. It's terrifying. Yes. And that's... It's terrifying. So, Kyle, they, they have... The producers have to, like, let her know, like, hey... Uh, They're there's, geniuses. There's someone in your room, right? Because they can't just sit oh, yeah. in here and be like, good night, Tasha. There's no like, way they can do that. <laughs> right? But they are goddamn geniuses because you know that was fucking planned from the get-go. It's As soon as those two, two dudes had their feud or whatever, they're like, yeah, let's pretend someone home 
That's, and maybe Bennett didn't know. Maybe I don't know. Like, maybe Tasha didn't even either. Maybe, maybe but, I don't know. Kyle, you're dead right because right after she sent him home on the initial two on one, that they did lay this line in there about like it just didn't feel right saying goodbye to Bennett. Like I didn't. I felt like I had to choose him to send home because of the recent events, but it didn't feel right. And so you did kind of know, like, okay, this is coming back somewhere. And then to see him at the end, I wasn't totally shocked. But that's the Bachelorette update, as well as the return episode of the Backyard Banter Group. Kyle, Tyler, Tom, Woo! round of applause. Well done. Phenomenal episode. Good to be back, boys. It is. Great to be back. Now we are back in the swing of things. We've taken our holiday break. We're going to be virtual for a while, but we will be committing back to once a week for the episodes as well as some increased activity on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Backyard Banter. Fellas, it's been fun. Until next week, peace. 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 Kyle. the series. It's Lillard. He got the shot off.